We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the cause we be. found out that I was actually getting a two inch by two inch brand through the cover as a man. We no longer under the laws of Moses. The world that we can cut with violence and the violence shall take it by force. Coffee. And cults. <sighs> Hi John. Hi Sam. Hi listeners. And welcome to Coffee and Cults, where once a month or so we meet, drink coffee and talk cults, sects and fringe religious movements from around the world. Please be aware this podcast may not be suitable for all listeners as it will contain strong language. And uh, I've got a couple of content warnings for my section, John. Go for it. Okay. Um, So later on, content warning for some mentions of sexual abuse and a big old content warning for ick. Great. Okay. I will. I will also uh, echo your ick. Yeah. I'll echo your ick and uh, oh, and echo repeat. Your ick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it's descended really quickly, yeah. isn't it? That uh, thud across the background is <laughs> the sound of my dog moving ever so slightly near the microphone. Um, maybe I'll cut that out. Who knows? Maybe I won't. Uh, yes. Uh, also, content warnings in a similar area yeah. for sexual assault. And or exploitation. All those lovely cult things you've come to know and expect. Know and love by <laughs> 50 episodes. Woo! Sam, how are you feeling? We're at the end nearly of part three. Yeah. Which is a slightly sneaky way of making our 50th episode three bigger episodes. than it yeah. might otherwise have been. Um, how, how are you feeling? Yeah, feeling very, very good. Very um, impressed with us, with our... Uh, attention to be able to keep this going for this long and and as as regularly as it has been as well yeah you come to expect this podcast every week you expect it every week whether it is delivered every every... week that's really Mm. (laughs) that's not an announcement in our 50th episode every every month sometimes more than once that's our pledge to you the listener sometimes less (laughs) we'll try we try our very very best um but thank you very much for all of your support we've uh, in this 50 episodes, we've been able to speak to some lovely, lovely listeners. And the fact that you are all here for us is very special indeed. It's very nice. Um, this is the third part of our 50th episode. So if you haven't listened to part one and part two, where Sam and I went and visited some Buddha-themed cults around the country, yeah. uh, go back. Why would you listen? Why would you start with part three? That's that's madness. It's like reading the last chapter of a book first. Yeah, don't do that. Ugh. So, yeah, go back and listen to those first two parts uh, and then come back and join us here. But in this episode, we're going to dive into uh, the sort of detailed background uh, of the two organisations that we visited uh, and and talk about why they're on our cult question mark Mm -hmm. list. We had, did you see the amazing listener who made us a Coffee and Cults bingo card? Yes. Yes. Um, I reckon we should play that one time on Patreon. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. We'll put it up on uh, online so that you can uh, you can see it. Hell yeah, be good. Um, and thank you as well to all the listeners who've got in touch about the last two episodes. Yeah, there's been some fun responses. Uh, there's been some Buddhists getting in charge saying, "Yeah, we don't like those guys." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's been yeah. Thank you for the people that have got in touch and shared their own bits of experience. And did you see the listener and her boyfriend who are going to go to the Panacea Society? Yeah. yeah. Please let us know how it goes. We are very excited to hear back from you. Yeah, that is. We must do that trip. Yeah. This year, for sure. I mean, this is so to to celebrate fifty episodes. Hmm. This is a deep dive callback to episode two. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to that, yeah. 
please go back. And <laughs> that was uh, the sound of my dog, Ash, groaning at this <laughs> shameless promotion of our second ever episode. Well, um, you, you know, that's what we're here for. Ash doesn't care for uh, cults located in Bedford. In Bedford? Have I remembered that correctly? I don't, I don't remember. It's a very long time ago. Yeah. Uh, but go back and listen to that one. Um, and yeah. I'm sure later in the year, Sam and I will do a little field trip. And, you know, if we meet Jesus. Hell yeah. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do that coffeeandcults at gmail.com or on the various social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I listed them, even though I'd said the, the collective noun for them, at Coffee and Cults. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do that. Buying us a one-off coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash coffeeandcults. Or if you'd like to support us more regularly, you can go to patreon.com forward slash coffeeandcults and uh, and help support us to make this, to do trips to visit fake Buddhas, to have our ethers weaved by pendulums, <laughs> to smell paste and borsan. Yeah. You can support all of this good work. And there are a few little uh, uh, little bonuses over there. Um, there's our series looking at cult music and all kinds of other bits and pieces. And I think we'll be a few more extra little bits around the 50th episode, if you yeah. want if you want to come and play with us in a slightly different way. Ooh. I I have thought about that Borsan regularly since we were there. And if you don't know what we mean, like John said, go back and listen to part one of this part 50. How long has it been in the cupboard? Like, is it still there? Did they remember it was still in the cupboard? Has someone eaten the Borsan? Is it holy Borsan? I, I would, I've got so many questions and they're mainly cheese related. I wonder if the Soul Therapy Centre registered trademark in Glastonbury has an email contact us uh, address, Sam, where one might field inquiries that one has. How interesting. Let's have a look. Some ASMR of John Titan for you. Great. You're welcome. Oh, sorry. It's the Jesus the Christ Soul Meditation Centre. Trademark. Currently open. Oh my God, there's a phone number. I am not brave enough for that. (laughs) (laughs) No? Do you want to ring them and ask ask how the boss is? Do you? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how drunk on celebrating 50 uh, episodes I get to. There's another phone number. There's another phone number. Looking for an email. Looking for an email. I could book a retreat. No, thank you. And probably especially not after the next half hour of this podcast. Yeah. Oh, no. There doesn't appear to be a... Ask a question about this business. Okay, okay. Maybe we'll do that. Yeah, we'll see if that's possible before yeah. the end of the uh, end of the podcast. Because <laughs> um, the people want to know. Yeah. What do they want to know? The spiritual significance the... of garlic and herb cheese. We do need to know about the about the cheese. Yeah. How exciting. Cool. So, um, so we visited these two groups, knowing a little bit about their background and their reputation. Yeah. Um, we wanted to sort of have that fresh experience of not knowing everything before we went in. So we've since been away and done a bit more of a deep dive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think it's fair to say we've found some fairly bonkers stuff on both. Yeah. Both sides. Yeah. Um, that I think make me feel very comfortable about them being here in episode fifty. Yeah. Um. Yeah. My whatever kind of temperate and well, this seems harmless but fine, feelings I had are gone. Yeah. Forever. And I think they're both quite similar. We've sort of said this already. That mm-hmm. they, their presentation of being fairly, like, harmless, yeah. generic, maybe mildly eccentric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feels yeah, no. all the ickier now. Yeah. <laughs> so shall I go? Yeah, kick us off, John. So you're going to cool. tell us about, about the Buddha Maitreya? Yeah. Lovely. Which is where we went first. So uh, this is the story of uh, the Tibetan Foundation, Sam. Oh, uh, Sure. 
Also known as... Yes, we love names. Tick it off your bingo card. Shambhala Soul Therapy. Yeah. Also known as the Church of Shambhala Vajradhara Matreya Sangha. Bless you. Also known as... His compound, at least, at Mount Shasta... Oh, sorry, that's the... That's, that's the that is his compound in uh, California, yeah. in Mount Shasta. Um, or the Archangel Michael Soul Therapy Center. Cool. Uh, or, as we've just discovered, Jesus the Christ Soul Therapy Meditation Center in Glastonbury. Yeah. Is that that film with John Travolta where he plays an alien? Is that Michael? Where he plays an angel, sorry. Oh, yeah. So it's a centre about John Travolta. <laughs> I mean, in for Our one cult, crossover. in yeah. for another. Yeah. Although I'm sure I heard something the other day that maybe he is maybe he is trying to sneak his way out of the old kitten Ooh, collective. Oh, that would be interesting. Maybe he's just finally ready to come out. So, uh, <laughs> as as our lawyer in the corner, whose fictional name I don't remember... Tracy says. Tracy winks yeah. at me. Let's keep going. Uh, so, uh, these organisations, this uh, organisation uh, is run by uh, His Holiness, Tulka Buddha Maitreya Rinpoche. Y- yeah. Who is also Jesus the Christ. As Kathy very casually told us yeah. when we entered that building. <laughs> like the third thing out of her mouth, yeah. which I feel you should warm up to. Yeah. Yeah, I I still giggle about our response to that because we knew, but also we pretended we didn't. So we did and didn't at the same time. It was hard Ah, to modulate ah, a ah. reaction of surprise that wasn't like, what? Yes. But also wasn't like, oh, yeah. Yeah, because a natural reaction would be like, if if it was true, like, holy shit. Oh, oh my God. Take take me to Mount Shasta. Yeah. That's that's a T-shirt that we should have printed to commemorate these episodes. Lovely. Let's do it. But he is also known uh, elsewhere and sometimes legally by his actual name, uh, Ronald Lloyd Spencer. Lovely. And we'll come back to some of his other sort of titles and names uh, as we go through. Yeah. Ronald uh, was born in 1951 in Oregon, in the United States of America. Just in case you were unsure at what yep. voice Which John are, uh, was going to be using this no, I just haven't done a voice in these last few episodes and no, I feel like true. if we're marking 50 episodes... My inability to do accents should feature uh, heavily. Uh, He now lives in California at Mount Shasta. We're going to go through his timeline a little bit and then we'll go to some of the craziness. Um, Now, Ronald claims that when he was nine years old, Tibetan masters came to his house in Oregon, unprovoked, unheralded. They didn't ring ahead. Okay. To tell him he was the reincarnation of the Buddha. I am Buddha Maitreya means. That's like the next incarnation of the Buddha. I am certain that that happened. Do you think it was just some Hare Krishnas or something came knocking? It's really hard to say, really. Yeah. So he, he claims that his parents uh, rejected this uh, this news. Um, yes. And certainly rejected the offer, which was like, we're here to take him to go and study in Tibet. Mm. And in this version of the story, his parents went, nah. Uh, yeah. Which I think is the right response probably yeah no matter whether you are the real buddha or not that would be a, a little bit strange now he claims mm. that the 1993 film starring keanu reeves <clears throat> little buddha right is based on this true story okay what do the producers of the film say very little okay they're is a vague hint in the film that it's based on a true story. Um, this is, ma- although in this ver- in the film 
like his parents are much more on board and yeah. it's much, it's a much sort of bigger which, bigger which deal. Movie. Yeah. But mm. interestingly, Ronald doesn't really talk about this until he's like in his mid thirties. Oh, that's interesting. And so I think there are a couple of different possibilities here. Yeah. One possibility is when he decided to do a Buddhist rebrand, he had seen that film. Yeah. <laughs> and when that Yeah, that me. was based on me. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, he used to um give Buddhist talks in different places. Mm-hmm. So he might have made that story up and, and it's possible a it. producer or a writer was in a room and went, Oh, that's a good idea for a story. Yeah. There appears to be nothing else to corroborate that. There don't no. appear to be any newspaper articles, which you'd think there might be if you were a small Oregon town and a bunch Some of Buddhist monks. Turned up monks to skip away ch- yeah. Child. yeah. I, I feel like there would be more evidence of that yeah. than there is. And uh, yeah. But John, are you, are you alluding that everything he says isn't true? Let's find out as okay. we get. Let's, I want to keep an open mind, sure. as I did inside that pyramid. Yes. I'm going to keep my mind firmly. Open. On cheese. <laughs> uh, he also claims, uh, as we know, know from our Glastonbury visit, to have native First Nation heritage. Yes. Again, yeah, Ash is not buying any <laughs> of that. Ash just did a dismissive snort. Yeah. Uh, again, exactly what evidence there is of that. Right. Mm, appears to be very slim. Okay. And it's one of those things, it's like with a lot of the L. Ron Hubbard accolades, right? Which yeah. is, if Buddhist monks had really come to my house when I was nine... Mm-hmm. I think I might have tracked them down or yeah. made a record of that or uh-huh. something. You know, got yeah. my parents to talk about how that happened and yeah. put that up as like a as evidence of what was going on in my life. Yeah, um, because if he knew from the age of nine he was the Buddha, then why wasn't he always the Buddha? Yeah, and if it's important to tell us that he's part First Nations, yeah, then you think there would be a bit more of like, and look, this is the nation and yeah. he's been there and maybe not just seems a bit woolly one of the other vague things that we possibly know about him uh is that he was a truck driver at some point i, c- I can believe that one yeah, yeah yeah he has a bit of the look he completed coursework at some california universities very good but did not did not get a degree didn't sort okay. of follow through the full run but just com- did a couple I guess, of classes and, courses and things yeah he was drafted in 1969 to go to vietnam Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he left in 1973, uh, he says, on grounds of conscientious objection. Okay. How very Buddhist. Very Buddhist. What does his service I, record say? Yeah, again, yeah. there's very little like actual available information yeah. um, about that. It also seems odd to me to fight in a war for four years and then conscientiously object and leave, but maybe the process sure. just takes that time. I don't. I don't know. We only really have little snippets of his claims about that bit of his past. There isn't much otherwise archive-wise. I mean, this is one of these things, Sam, where we've covered them now a little bit. Yeah. Our dear friends and inspirers, they're not friends, we've never met them. No, Uh, I think, I like to think they would be our friends. uh, Yeah, I think so. Uh, Onrak have talked about it a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. But otherwise, you know, they're mentioned a bit on Rick Ross's site. Yeah. On um, the Cult Research Institute. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's no no one's really done like a deep, deep dive. Oh, like a like vice research. Or a, yeah. And I think that's. I think there's probably a lot to find out if someone yeah. had the time and resources to really go and track down 
his story. Wow, and, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so please do that, somebody. Someone who claims to have known him around 1983, 84, mm-hmm. in Hawaii, yeah. said that at that time he was just a guy selling New Age crystals yeah, yeah, and nice. not really talking about Buddhism. So he was selling like 150 pound pyramid necklaces. Oh, so he, he has always liked the pyramid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always been a big part of it. But that was really his like yeah. trade was really sort of yeah specifically sort of crystal sales so um just so i'm clear on this john we don't we know that he was born in 1951 and then we don't know much about his life until he's about 30 like Ooh. someone else we know of. i was um, gonna finish at someone else we know but we don't know jesus <laughs> either but i like to think he would also <laughs> be our friend I mean, probably. Um, jesus if you're listening we'd love to have you on the show Around this time, he yeah was running this sort of crystal hucking uh, business around uh, Hawaii, and also doing things like borrowing thousands of dollars off other people and yeah. um, borrowing their jewelry and mm. things like that. So there's a bit of a yeah, like low level, like I imagine him like the Dell Boy of Hawaii, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but nice. with a new age yeah. twist. Perfect. In 1984. He is contacted a second time by Tibetans. Oh, wow. And as he puts it, <clears throat> embraced. Wow. Saucy. Um, and at this point, he starts to really claim his uh, his true identity as okay. the reincarnation of Buddha. Sure. Um, a friend again who has talked uh, a little bit, and this is just what the friend reports. So okay. We have to take that, I guess, with a certain pinch of salt. Um, Allegedly, says that, hearsay, etc. Yeah. Thanks. That around this time uh, in 1984, the Tibetan Buddhist teacher Tai Situ Rinpoche visited and was giving talks at the University of Hawaii. Ron, as he was starting his kind of Buddhist kick, claimed to be a great friend of this teacher, right. to be really in contact with him and yeah. to be like getting his blessing while he was there. Cool. And this guy went to some of the talks, met Tai. Um, and Ty said, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know who this is. Maybe, right. maybe he's come to some of my talks while I've been here. Yeah, but I don't. I have no he idea. He's not my friend. Is. Do with cool. that what you will. Yeah. We're then going to jump forward a little bit because in 1998, yeah, he was enthroned in a Tibetan monastery in Kathmandu. Wow. After training there." Or did he go on holiday to Kathmandu and sit on a chair that he wasn't supposed to? Um, let's come. Let's come back to that. Okay. A little bit. Okay. But in terms of his story, it's like this journey of discovering and being connected and back in and yeah. eventually being enthroned and and recognised. Wow. How impressive. Very. Um, I have already written in my notes uh, just because of the parallels to. Uh, Lovely uh, Captain Mittens. Never trust a Ron. No, no never, Ron's never trust a Ron to tell you about their background <laughs> and qualifications. Sorry, any Rons listening, but we like we like you, Ron, but not not those Rons. Yeah. So not all Rons. <laughs> that's the other T-shirt for yeah, fifty episodes. That's the back. Yeah, yeah. The back. <laughs> Hashtag not all Rons. <laughs> So uh, some of this information is from uh, uh, from Rick Ross's Cart Education uh, websites. So um, again, somebody claiming to have known Ron in the past says that uh, Ron and his wife spent a long time around this period uh, living for free in other people's houses, which fine. But during this time, uh, in one of these houses, he lived with two sisters and was allegedly sleeping with one of the sisters 
behind his wife's back, um, telling her okay. it was for her spiritual benefit. Ooh, well, and, listeners, that is going to be a theme of this episode. Yeah, and um, and you know, be ready to feel slightly uncomfortable, and would allegedly insert crystals and other magical no. objects into her body no. during their sessions. Magical objects. We held those magical objects in the, in the I meditation. would not want one of those inside. No! <laughs> so, um, that had really pointy ends. Whether it was wired in or not, no. Um, so, Where would you create the circuit? <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, this is... Yeah, this is one of those things where, we, again, we have the, the word of someone yeah. who uh, sort of knew those people and was in that circuit at the time. We're taking their word as they've reported it. Mm-hmm. But like any grain of truth of that story is slightly icky. And yeah. And again, I wonder how many other stories there might be. A small following kind of started around Ron um, with people sort of buying his crystals uh, and in the other sense, buying his his Buddhist sort of meditation teaching, Mm -hmm. um, including uh, an ex-sex worker who, like lots of other people in his supporters, were supporting him financially. Yeah. were giving him money, donating what little money they had to him mm-hmm. and his work. All of which suggests a real kind of, yeah, exploitation at least of followers. Yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, the uh, other guy said that at one point he lent Ron uh, $1,000 and some mm. jewellery and something else um, and never got it back. And then Ron moved away and was yeah. like, okay, I guess, we're ne- I guess I'm never getting that then. stuff back then. Yeah. Which doesn't seem... Very buddhery. And it's another theme of the episode. Oh, how yeah. interesting. It always just amazes me as well. Lots of people that exploit uh, Buddhism. Yeah. You know, sort of have this superficial nod towards charitable deeds. Yeah. But are just making money. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Which I think is, is yeah, <laughs> quite revealing. This poster uh, on the Cult Education website also alleges that Ron was regularly using weed and LSD which if you've seen any of his talks recently, totally makes sense. Yeah. And around the time that this friend started to challenge Ron and go, hang on, I'm not sure you're telling the truth about that, or Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure about your relationship with this person, around that time, Ron then left Hawaii very suddenly. Right. And just went up sticks, moved. Did he Um, take some some people with him? Presumably some followers stayed connected but he sort of got out of dodge there's a host of other things that it's hard to find any particular detail on but there are allegations that he has multiple ex-wives and like abandoned children sure um around the states one piece about him alleged that he was wanted by the british authorities for something all right okay which is interesting because we know he set up the the uk center in the 90s and so yeah so but all of these things as i say someone needs to do a deep dive because they're just these little sort of breadcrumbs around and about but let's um let's not just trust these sources and his official biography right uh let's go to his website and let's clear up once and for all who who he might be okay because if you go on his main website buddhamatreya.org there's a question which i think we're all asking at this point sam is buddha Maitreya the reincarnation of jesus christ that's a great question john <clears throat> is buddha Maitreya the reincarnation of jesus christ well when an advanced AI tool was used by research scientists and researchers, oh, which is used by research scientists yeah. in order to write reports and gather information. When that was asked, 
is Buddha Maitreya, the reincarnation of Jesus Christ, uh, by his group. Yeah. Um, it came up with some with some responses. Oh, great. So uh, Some computer-generated responses drawn from the information that is on the internet that yeah. only says that Buddha Maitreya is the reincarnation yeah, of Jesus Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Okay. It's also funny because they suggest that that's the question that's been asked. Is he the oh. reincarnation of Jesus? Okay. And then you see what they've actually put into the AI, which is write a thesis on Buddha Maitreya is the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah. Buddha Maitreya is a religio-political leader who adherents of the esoteric Buddhist tradition believed to be the latest incarnation of the Messiah or Maitreya Buddha. According to Buddhist esotericism, Buddha Maitreya is the successor of other resurrected messiahs, including, but not limited to, mm. Jesus Christ. This thesis seeks to explore how Buddhist beliefs regarding Maitreya Buddha can be seen as a reflection of an extension of the Christian tradition. It will focus on the conceptual similarities between the two figures. This proves nothing. nothing. Uh, right, but they seem to have had fun. So this is a huge page you can link from their homepage on yeah. their website. <clears throat> Write a thesis on the return of Jesus the Christ as Maitreya Buddha externalising soon. The return of Jesus that Christ. That sounded like it was written by AI as yeah. well. On a deeper level, the Buddha Maitreya will bring recognition to the importance of our energy and the power of collective consciousness in helping to create a more vibrant, spiritually connected world. Do you think this is how he wrote those things that were being verbaled at us in the headphones that we wore when we were meditating? You do wonder, but I don't, so this is page one of 11. Wow. You do wonder what, um, what benefit this is. Uh, write a thesis that Buddha Maitreya is incarnated in America. Write a thesis on when will the Buddha externalise as the reappearance of Jesus Christ. Buddha Maitreya has not yet declared when he will externalise as the reappearance of Jesus the Christ. However, we know he is here, actively transmitting universal teachings. Yeah. And then it gets really interesting, Sam. Okay. And I was so happy when I got to these next questions they'd ask the AI. Great. Buddha Maitreya is not the Antichrist. Buddha Maitreya is not the Antichrist due to his teachings of peace and love, which conflict with the Antichrist's violent and destructive nature. <laughs> he advocates for a compassionate lifestyle, protection of human and animal life, and encourages meditation, making it clear that he is not the Antichrist. Sure. <clears throat> the next prompt. Write a thesis that Donald Trump is the Antichrist. <clears throat> okay. Donald Trump is the Antichrist because he has repeatedly demonstrated an undisguised disregard for the moral and ethical principles central to most major religions and cultures of the world. His foreign policy has led to extreme political upheaval and the destruction yeah. of innocent lives. Yeah. And his unchallenged rise to political power across the globe is unprecedented in contemporary history. Okay. Speaking of Donald Trump, kind of a side note, did you see we had a we had a very nice review of our podcast that was like, the podcast is great. Wish they'd keep their politics to themselves. <laughs> no. Sorry, bye. It's all wrapped up together, no. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't talk about cults and not criticise Trump. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Or guns. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm, but also, like, I rate you yeah. for listening if you really strongly disagree with us on that stuff. Yeah. So, and we yeah, will continue we to give that. out the same cult-based We appreciate content. you. Just, you know, just ignore just, our we, woolly, uninformed liberal opinions and yeah. move on. Yeah. Is that going to go? Where's that going to go on the T-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Down the sleeve. Down the sleeve. <laughs> woolly, uninformed um, liberal opinions. But yeah, so there's this yeah. whole page of them asking, um, was Camp David intended to be Shambhala for Buddha Maitreya? What? Write a thesis of Buddha Maitreya's activity in the United States government 
I mean, this is bizarre. What, is it just like... Buddha Maitreya's office in Washington, D.C. is a powerful tool for... And, of course, the AI is just, like, making word salad in response to their yeah. things. But there's... This is page three of 11. Wow. A thesis. Uh, President Biden awareness of Buddha Maitreya. A unique opportunity to explore the notion of spirituality and find common ground between communities. President Biden's embrace of Maitreya's teachings, which emphasise living one's life with compassion. I extremely doubt that Joe Biden has sat under a pyramid holding some crystals looking yeah. at some borsen. I just don't but see But Joe, it. if you're listening, we'll drive you up to Glastonbury. Yeah. Well, let's go yeah. together. We'll have a trip. Uh, and I like to think that we'd be friends. <laughs> I was going to say that about everyone we, uh, we mention. Um, Buddha Maitreya, the reincarnation of Jesus Christ, stopped the January 6th rioting. Buddha Maitreya is the Christ ending the reign of the Antichrist, Donald Trump. Buddha Maitreya, the reincarnation of Jesus Christ, places Donald Trump in prison. I mean, we'll see this week. Sorry to briefly yeah. be political again. Um, it's just well, why do you? I mean, bonkers. It's just like some like it was. Uh, John, it's your job to update the website this week. Oh God, I haven't got any anything. But I've heard about OpenAI. <laughs> Let me try. Yeah, yeah. There's this kind of sensation that this is somehow like credible, right? Because like if you ask the AI about yeah. him it says this it's like yeah because that's what you've said into it um I, yeah. i'll only do a couple more of these um buddha maitreya the reincarnation of jesus christ stopped michael jackson from becoming a legend but what but he had he it not been for maitreya's influence jackson would have been able to touch even greater heights sorry i'm really oh, sorry no. for pausing on the pause word touch then that was not my intention to touch no. even greater heights of success and influence by providing Jackson with a spiritual, moral, and ethical foundation, Maitreya taught the dangers of materialism. Why ask this oh. question? What's Michael Jackson got to do with it? And then it gets a bit dark. Sure. Buddha Maitreya, the reincarnation of Jesus Christ, intends to end the gay movement. Okay. By promoting what, Buddhist... What, so you all just have to stay still? <laughs> just, it's over. Yeah. Um, by promoting Buddhist ethics and spreading the teachings of Buddha Maitreya, the reincarnation of Jesus Christ, we can yeah. bring an end to the gay movement by offering individuals an alternative lifestyle based on enlightened Buddhism. I reject your offer, Buddha Maitreya. Yeah, go away. Um, they're going to end paganism in the world. With the use of AI. Okay, we wanted to know a bit more about his childhood in America. They asked the AI. It said, mm -hmm. <clears throat> The life of Buddha Maitreya, the reincarnation of Jesus Christ, reveals how the American culture and environment of his childhood helped shape his spiritual awakening and the unfolding of his spiritual mission. So the AI said, he was once a child. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and being a child affected how he was as an adult. That's that's revolutionary. Uh, Buddha Maitreya and the Beatles. He wasn't he born in fifty one, so he was like a teenager when the Beatles were successful. I think it's suggesting that the way that the Buddha, the Beatles uplifted people with their music is similar to what he does. Um, he's also the Archangel Metatron. Oh, that's like the ninth one of those, isn't it? That we've had so far. Yeah. Yeah, if you had Metatron on your Coffee and Cults bingo yeah. card, he promotes a carnivore lifestyle. A carnivore lifestyle? Mm -hmm. For a Buddhist? Yeah, he seems to have... Uh, I mean, we'll keep coming back to this. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit about any Buddhist no. uh, um, any Buddhist teachings. Oh, but he is going to end Lucifer's reign on Earth, so... Um, okay, okay. So, a mixed bag. Um, so, I was hoping that I could now um, ask... Um, Ask Chat uh, GTP some questions about us, Sam, to see oh. how uh, how useful this is okay. as, a, as a system. So, um, so uh, tell me about the podcast Coffee and Cults. It's the first question I asked oh, him. Great. Okay. Coffee and Cults is a podcast that explores the world of cults and their impact on society. 
The hosts discuss various aspects of cults, including their history, beliefs and practices, as well as the experience of people who have been involved in them. The podcast aims to wear, uh, raise awareness and understanding about cults, debunk myths and misconceptions, and provide insights into how they can affect individuals and communities. That sounds like a professional version of what we do. <laughs> the show often features interviews with experts, authors, oh, and people no. who have first-hand experience. Some of the uh, topics covered uh, include the psychology of cults, the role of charismatic leaders, <laughs> and the tactics used to recruit and control... Sorry, I've just seen the next paragraph. Yeah. Um, the hosts of Coffee and Cults approach the topic with a thoughtful and informative perspective, yeah. while also keeping the tone conversational and engaging. They've, they've AI'd our, our iTunes reviews, yeah. right? The podcast is recommended for anyone interested in learning more about cults and their impact on society as well as for people who have had personal experience of these groups. Cool. Um, I said, uh, who are John and Sam of the podcast Coffee and Cults? Uh-oh. Oh, um, this is this scary? No. Okay. <clears throat> As an AI language model, I do not have access to real-time information or specific knowledge about individuals. Perfect. Therefore, I cannot provide you with information about the individuals. It is possible the hosts have introduced themselves on the show or have <laughs> provided information about themselves. I suggest checking their podcast or online presence to find out more about them. All right, ChatGTP, narky. I suggest checking our podcast as well. <laughs> Thanks, ChatGTP endorsed. Yeah. Um, I also asked, will Coffee and Cult's podcast save the world? Well, podcasts can be a powerful tool for awareness and educating people. It is unlikely that a single podcast, including Coffee and Cults, could save the world on its own. Yeah. Addressing the complex issues facing our world requires a multifaceted approach involving individuals, organisations and governments. So ChatGTP is saying that we could be one? Yeah, yeah. We're partly... (laughs) However, podcasts can certainly play a role in creating awareness and generating discussion around important topics. Lovely. It could be part of a larger movement for positive change. That sounds very nice. (laughs) All of which I think shows... Uh, oh, hang on, I was going to ask it who the Antichrist is. That's going to be my final question. Ooh. Unless you have a question you'd like to, no. to ask. No, I would love to know who the Antichrist is. Is it going to give you a gen- general spiritual... The Antichrist is I reckon the it's opposite tell me of Christ. It, I reckon yeah. it's going to say it can't tell me. And Ooh. I wonder, because this is the latest version of ChatGTP. Yeah. I wonder if they were using this or if they were using something that had less restriction, because it's given some yeah. various... But it's like, it's created a story around... Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the concept of the Antichrist is a religious belief. Okay, fine. Yeah, no, he's not going to say. Ball. Whoever, Gary Lineker or whoever it might be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so the Antichrist is famous for stating facts on Twitter yeah, and then yeah. getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's really interesting that, like, in place of any actual biography and analysis of him and his works. Yeah. They just chucked some shit into an AI engine. Um, But it did make me wonder how AI will be used for cults in future. I think that's quite an interesting... Yeah. What an easy way to make your religious methodology, to write a bit of scripture or... Or to find... So, um... To find the last time I used ChatGTP, yeah, um, me and my friends made it lie and create a fictional biography for a peer in our famously landlocked hometown, Ooh. Um, which we could then share for a yeah. sad Facebook trolling we were doing. Fine, yeah. um, but it did just make up a very convincing biography, yeah. pulling from other things. So yeah, 
You can see how you can have something that appears really legitimate. But is in based in zero facts. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Continuing on that theme. Um, so in 1995, after doing sort of teaching through the 80s and 90s of his version of Buddhism. Yeah. Uh, he visits some uh, temples in Nepal, um, which he vowed to recreate in the USA on his return in California. Cool. Um, and he's, been, he's sort of set up and has been running the Buddhist Association of North America. Of which now there is Bands. no record. Ooh. So I think probably that was just him pitching his events as being part of that organisation yeah. when it was just him. And then maybe the Buddhists went, can we just, one second Sorry, about, about that. Who are you? Yeah. He founds the Shambhala Monastery. Yeah. He founded that centre in, uh, well, he founded a centre in Glastonbury in 1995. And they upgraded into that building in 1998. Wow, cool. So he now has a huge compound in California, a building in Omaha, and what the one in Glastonbury. Okay, nice. So most of what he does now is promote this soul therapy healing, where inside copper and crystal pyramids, you can get healed. You can learn about and buy his uh, meditation tools including like those etheric weavers, the little pendulums yeah. and things. They do do some charity work, though, so it's not all just oh, yeah. hucking crystals. Nice, good. Um, That's what you would hope from a religion. Hilariously, this is often on their YouTube channel, um, they just make some sandwiches, like maybe 10 sandwiches, 15, 20 right. sandwiches max. Like a loaf um, of bread's worth. And just something. give them out to, to people on the streets of Omaha oh. or, um, or Glastonbury and, and take mm. awkward photos of them just taking a packed lunch. Mm, no no thank you so when we donated to the charitable activities sam the sandwiches i think that might be great um what we were doing he also uh has operated some homeopathic clinics lovely so uh, good for drinking water and sugar yeah. pills and he does regular live video casts and sessions of his music. Which will be appearing on a Sounds of the Sexties at some time. Yeah, almost yeah. certainly. If we can bear to listen to it again, Sam, I definitely need a bit of a Oh yeah, a, bit of a, a cleanse. Break. Let's do it later. And uh, he makes big sort of hay out of these accolades of being enthroned in different places mm-hmm. and of being recognised as an inspirational person. Sure. Um, there's a, a, we saw this in the centre, the uh, Marquis Who's Who book. Yeah. Contains an article on him and his work as a religious leader and his charity work, etc. Yeah. Um, That used to be a fairly sort of legitimate biographical sort of publisher since the 1800s. Okay. From what I can tell now, you can pay to be included. And they just accept pretty much whatever you say. Yeah, Sam is pointing at her and me (laughs) with a coy face of shall we. Um, (laughs) So I think let's let's do it. But it is weird because yeah. they just seem to have accepted whatever he says and have yeah. published it. There's an interview with him on their website that's like a little 10-minute interview of him just going, yes, I am Buddha, yes, I'm Christ, I do great things. Cool. And this other guy just goes, yeah, sure, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems And you spell that C-R, C-H-R. So it seems like it's just pay for pay for print, pay to be in it. Yeah. Um, but this is lauded as recognition. For him okay and there are lots of like homemade certificates done in like clip art oh i love those of people thanking him yeah for his work and his um and his contributions but again we'll, we'll maybe come back to that in a minute there's another question burning though sam while we're talking about his online teachings yeah which i know is the question listener i can i can read your thoughts listener i am in your head yeah, muttering do you like the buddha muttering what is that noise? i know that as i mention his teachings you're asking what is the new sphere what is the new sphere? It's the question that's on everybody's lips. Is it like nootropics? No. Oh. I'll tell you, Sam. 
Is it is it an environment with uh, that is covered in nooses? Ooh, good. Okay, do you want to do one more guess? Is it that the, right, the home planet of Nunu the Hoover from the Teletubbies? <laughs> yes, exactly, which is a key part of his theology. Yeah. Tubby custard, tubby custard. <laughs> the new sphere is the planetary sphere of mind or thinking layer of planet Earth. Okay. To grasp the idea of the new sphere, we must elevate our consciousness and open ourselves to the most general elemental and cosmic principles of life on Earth. Okay, so the new sphere is like collective thought. Yes, of yeah. the planet or around the planet. Okay. It's the next stage of evolution of human consciousness. As the oh. mental sheath of the planet, which I like to think of as the mental condom oh. of the planet, <laughs> the new sphere characterises mind and consciousness as a unitary phenomenon. This means that the quality and nature of our individual and collective thoughts directly affects the new sphere and creates our uh, the quality of our environment, the okay. biosphere. So the world is bad because lots of people have bad thoughts, but if everyone had good thoughts, the world would be better? Yeah. Or am I and this, this is kind of the thing, right, where yeah. he's not hung up on particularly any of the like Buddhist teachings or, nope. or Christ's teachings. Yeah. It's all about how use it, his job is to heal all of us yeah. now in particular so that we can change the new sphere okay. uh, and, um, and ascend to a new level of consciousness. And all the other stuff about like gratitude and mindfulness and yeah. helping the poor and all that stuff doesn't is all it's like a sideshow to just receiving his healing. Um, I was technically correct when I guessed my third guess about the new sphere because this is the planet that Nunu from the Teletubbies lives in, <laughs> and it is the environment around that Hoover. Have you so, seen they're rebooting the Teletubbies? Nope, that's weird. They're doing like a new. There's going to be yeah, new Teletubbies soon. Okay, cool. Look out for that in a future Colton <laughs> Just uh, continuing to um, sort of float the idea of who he is, if we're not convinced by any yeah. of these roles. Um, he's also the reincarnation of Shiva, Krishna, Buddha, Jesus, uh, Babaji, uh, and others. Uh, uh, mm. Dorji Shungan, the Dharma protector, etc., etc. Um, he's also the planetary Logos. He's the Yogi Christ. Oh wow! And um, as well as this idea of like healing the planet through this kind of Christ consciousness, his big message, as we saw on the big flag as we walked in, is um, <clears throat> be harmless. Yeah. How he's going to end gay people while being harmless, I do not know. No. There we go. Well, um, by by brainwashing you. Oh, yeah, that's, I guess so. Yeah. 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 Because mm, Harmless indeed. Harmless. Yeah. Um, the purpose of Christ is to increase the light of the soul on earth. And his yoga is to manifest the energy of heaven on earth. Okay. Let's skip back briefly to all his enthronements. And yeah. This sort of connection to, and interestingly, lots of his stuff online now doesn't make big hay out of like the Tibetan Buddhist connections. Ooh, I found an yeah. old YouTube channel by his group, which has wow. lots of little videos of him in different temples. Okay. Getting enthroned and, and being present. Right. Um, which are weirdly, like, it's not connected to any of his new websites and stuff. Whoa. Um, but is a good time if that's yeah. your bag. <laughs> um, now, an enthronement is technically, in the tradition, like a recognition of a reincarnated master. And right. that's the sort of sense that he's using it. Yeah. He's claiming that all these different monasteries are recognising him as either the new Buddha or a reincarnation of a teacher in their tradition. Yeah. By my detective work of a lot of Googling and watching videos on his old unda unupdated YouTube channel, it looks to me like he did 
donate and fundraise for lots of these little monasteries. Okay, nice. And when he went to visit them, they basically put him on a chair and everyone comes up and says thank you or sings to him to say thank you for his donations. Yeah. Rather than them going, oh, you're the new Buddha. That's why we're sitting you on this... on this chair. Oh, it's like when you um, work in customer service and you accidentally make eye contact and smile with a man and then he tells you how pretty your face is. I mean, oh. yeah, I get that all the time. Yeah, so, I yeah. yeah, so there's either like a bit of a misunderstanding in his brain or more likely um, he really likes being celebrated and is willing to lie and exaggerate about <laughs> about what that actually means. Yeah. Um, and I think that's true in that several of these temples have been contacted and have gone. Oh no, we haven't said he's... Yeah. The reincarnation of anybody. Yeah. We just no. said, like, thanks for some money. Yeah. And all the certificates and awards that he has are basically yeah. little local charities who just knocked up a, a thank you certificate for yeah. donations. Oh, we should have made a certificate for our uh, completing our course at the at the Kadampo Centre. Oh, yeah. We should. Maybe we will. But I don't think I have many certificates. Oh. I have, like, a degree. <laughs> But that's it. It's not worth it. It's absolutely not worth the paper it's printed on. So that looks to me like the, the, the thing. And again, that just is so similar to L. Ron Hubbard, right? It's yeah. so similar to all the thank you letters for Scientology doing um, charity work mm-hmm. that are taken as endorsements. It's so similar to him claiming all of these medals um, and connections yeah. and, you know, yeah, see Ash is disgruntled at the yeah. mention of it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but just seems to be that, um, as far as I can tell. Um, there's a really fun clip of him uh, on that channel where he's gifting one of his etheric weavers, oh, one wow. of the handheld ones, yeah. to a monk who is sort of listed as being one of his like teachers and endorsers. Yeah. And you can see this monk just going, oh yeah, oh, it's lovely. <laughs> you know, like if yeah, you give like someone you a present, they don't really like it. <laughs> he just kind of smiles oh, and nods. Wow. And Ron is there telling him what it does. Yeah. And you can see that this guy isn't going, oh, yeah, this is amazing. To-. This guy is just going, oh, you've given me a nice thing and you've given lots of money to my poor monks yeah. here in that thing. Th- thank you so much. Yeah, this is very generous. Your generosity is appreciated. All of which feels a bit distasteful, really, given some of the like political context of Tibetan enthronements and yeah. the persecution of the Tibetans by the China. You know, yeah. There's so much sort of complicated historical, political and political. historical mm. stuff, not to mention like, you know, cultural appropriation. In, yeah. Oh, yeah. It feels really icky. And he again has had some awards for like spreading Buddhism. But I have watched lots of his recent teachings and I couldn't tell you any Buddhist things that he mentions in no. any of them. We didn't learn any Buddhism. Oh, while yeah. we were there, I learned I learned no, nothing. I think actually <laughs> from being there, we just came out with more questions. Yes, mostly about Jeez. soft Jesus. Um, <laughs> soft Jesus. There's a bit of a weird... Jesus, Jesus, <gasps> Jesus, Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> yes, our fiftieth episode is us discovering Jesus. Um, there's a bit of a weird thing about electric cars, which I would have liked to have found out a bit more about. Um, he started a company or registered a company called Shambhala Electric Vehicles. Cool. Which, again, doesn't really seem to exist anymore. So I think he bought it in like 2017 or 2019 okay. and it just nothing and has really happened with it. Yeah. Um, he also 
Um, and there's like a little timeline presentation that one of his followers has made about him. Lovely. Which is very excited to tell us at one point he bought a second-hand electronic car <gasps> for $67,000. Yeah. Which was a record amount for someone to pay for that car. It, well, electric cars are still very expensive. A record high amount? Yeah. Or For oh. a second-hand electric... Why, Why would you include that on your timeline of your religious leader? Why I'm... does he like electronic cars so much, but not... But not buy what? Huh? That's baffling. Okay. So, yeah, again, some evidence of some other uh, weirdness. Yeah. We've talked about him uh, and the healing sort of through the uh, through the tools. But uh, there's some good um, like commentary of the, uh, the stuff of his that's available around, <clears throat> quote... One utterly bizarre claim is that a particular object would heal people in a 200-mile radius over three days. That's handy. If the saviour has found a way to heal all people within 200 miles, he shouldn't be charging $2,300 for it. No. Not to mention that surely no one in Sedona... Or no. Mount Shasta or, or Glastonbury is... should be ill. Yeah, if ever. those things are there. No, ah, but you know, if they are ill, it's because of the bad karma that they've drawn in or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, again, some sort of big bizarre healing claims. Mm. Um, there's another story on the Cult Education website of a 55 year old professional, um, and his experience of, of being in the group and meeting Ron. So he'd studied a mix of like Eastern and New Age things, and he sort of decided at one point, I'm not going to get any better at this unless I find a guru. Yeah. And unfortunately, at that point, he oh. signed up for a darshan, like a one-week right. seminar residency at the Mount Shasta Monastery. Okay. You have to dress all in white, Sam. That's very important. Okay. And we saw that. Even their crocs were yeah. white, right? In yeah. The, uh, thing, which is very funny to me somehow. You have to eat good food. Mmm, soft. Jesus? Maybe. What? Kathy was not eating good food. It did not smell like good food. No. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. But he really sort of felt like love and joy over that over that week. He felt like it was a good experience to start cool. off with. He discovered that the monks work about 18 hours a day. That is too much. Uh, which is a lot. And he was kind of surprised about Buddha Maitreya and his holiness when he sort of properly met him. Yeah. Um, the lessons were given at unusual times during the day late into the night yeah. sometimes he'd talk for like eight to ten hours Ooh, that's jim jonesy isn't it yeah uh, yeah sleep deprivation yeah long rambling monologues yeah he told stories about himself and his great understandings and how wonderful he was so again not very buddhist no and taught them that separateness is the greatest sin on earth okay that's very yogic meaning to yoke or to unify but that sort of meant he wanted to separate them from everything but him yes (laughs) in fact it was like yeah Yeah. being away from me and the divine is the problem so don't go off with other people and with your uh, and with your friends Um, that's to go around the collar of john's cult (laughs) t-shirt we're running out of space now aren't we maybe i'll have something on the inside as well or we get some uh like sweatpants made as well Oh, a little lovely Mm. true piece (laughs) great maybe we'll just do an item of clothing each 50 episodes Cool. And then eventually they'll yeah. be a full outfit. Yeah, so it's all about um, that. It's also about uh, needing to follow and give up your individuality in order to become a pure soul. Yeah. So we're starting to hit lots of like control things, sure. the demand that you be pure and only behave in a certain way. Yeah. Um, and controlling the way you dress, controlling yeah. the way you eat. Sleep deprivation, yeah. change of diet, like, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty full on 
full-on stuff. Yeah. Um, there's also obviously the demand during that time to spend lots of money on the books, on the tools, yeah. and on other darshans. So it's also right. money, 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 money. Sign money. up, buy, buy more things, get yeah. more things, get yeah. all the books. Yeah. Again, similar to, to other groups that mm-hmm. may, may be mentioned. If something didn't seem right or was unexplained or or was like questionable, yeah. um, they were told it was just because they were processing old soul material and it was there. Oh, yeah, 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 sure that's correct, yeah. So while he was there, he took part in the soul therapy. As you sort of said, Sam, it's all about any credit for your personal changes go to him. Yeah. Any failings are because you're holding on to old soul. So Got there's it. no way to prove or disprove any of the no. any of the healing claims. So after attending a few more darshans, he was invited to join the Sangha, which is like a closer unit around mm. the Buddha. So he bought the clothes got ready to go and get more in. And at that point, someone said to him, you think you might be in a cult? (laughs) I see your all-white outfit. You just bought yourself to go and give up everything and live with this American dude. And he said at that moment, it was like a a penny drop moment for him. He was kind of suddenly like, just embarrassed. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah, you're right. What what am I doing? Oh my gosh. Um, And he thinks himself now as having been brainwashed yeah over the time that he was he was there how amazing that it just took that as well yeah to just unlock yeah, all the, the doubt that he would right, have had building just up just someone else going that's a sure? bit odd isn't it yeah which you know is so which is why they tell you not to go near everyone else which is why yeah. they tell you everyone else has fallen mm-hmm. right yeah the monks told him uh that the buddha maitreya was tough and didn't deal with anything on the emotional level. Okay. Um, that he wasn't interested in that. So you shouldn't bring any of your worries or doubts or emotional stuff to him. He doesn't care. He's a tough cookie. Which seems odd for the reincarnation of Christ. Yeah. Who is all about love. Yeah. yeah. But no emotions. And he also started to think more about his experience of Ron's teaching and going, oh, he's just telling the same stories over and over again. Fine. I mean, people have their set patter, but that's the Christian religion. Yeah, yeah. But also, he would joke incessantly about farts and turds. They are very funny. <laughs> Again, great. Yeah. Not very. Not from my. Not very Jesusy. Yeah. It was Sermon on the Mount, not Sermon on, on the, the Mount. <laughs> we both found something. Yeah. Um, and he says that the the voices and the meditation. And the music kept sort of pulling him back in. Yeah. That was part, like spending time in that headspace mm-hmm. was part of what was keeping him. Um, so he's the one who has mentioned that he believes that Ron has several wives and okay. has abandoned children. And he's made allegations that there, is, there has been other sexual abuse or exploitation. When this guy started asking some questions mm-hmm. um, about the group and about his position, Ron eventually did get involved, said that this guy had lost it and was part of the Dark Lodge which is what he calls the evil of the outside world sure. outside of his organisation. Yeah. Tick, tick, tick for yep. all those... Bingo, go all those full house. He still, at different times, though, has tried to harp on this Tibetan Buddhist yeah. uh, vibe. So I've, I'm going to finish with a couple of stories of that being sort of problematic for him and probably why he doesn't mention it very much now anymore. Cool. For a while, the Church of Shambhala, in partnership with the seemingly non-really existent Buddhist Association of America, yeah. would sponsor monks to come over to... America nice. and do teachings and sure. meditations. Yeah. In 2006, they invited and sponsored seven monks to come over from the Karnagang Monastery in Tibet. Cool. When the monks, I assume there's a big allegedly around here. Yeah. For legal reasons that you'll hear about in a couple of sentences time. Yeah. Thank you, um, Tracy. For but this is what is reported. This is 
what was reported at the time. Yeah. When the monks refused to recognise Spencer as the reincarnation of the Buddha, the church withdrew its support for the monks so that their visas were revoked. They didn't tell the monks this. The monks had travelled to Omaha to give workshops, unaware that the church had contacted the authorities, revoked their... sponsorship so a dozen immigration officers in riot gear show up to arrest them fuck's sake and they've basically just been abandoned without money in 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 arizona yeah so this is according to amy peck an immigration lawyer who then worked with those monks later she represented the monks and on their behalf signed a gag order agreeing that neither party would talk to the press or the media about the visa revocation. Oh, no. So it seems quite likely that what happened was... Yeah. They went back to the group and the group went, okay, we will we will say that we'll sponsor you until you get out of the country. Yeah. Providing you don't talk about anything that's happened. Because mm. it was getting some bad publicity yeah. here and there, obviously. And that seems to have been the last time that they made a massive attempt to, to connect out specifically connect to, to... to actual Tibetan traditions wow what a dick there's a fun group uh, that claims to be the buddhist ethics tribunal they sound very fun it's just quite interesting because you will find if you search for if you search for the buddha maitreya yeah. their website of like their evidence against him for buddhist ethics violations cool great all of which is like they've done slightly less research than i have and copied and pasted that into a document yeah again they seem not to be a real organization right great <laughs> um but have been sort of, yeah, denouncing him for spiritual fraud. Yeah. And it's a very strange kind of... I was quite excited that maybe there was some proper condemnation of him, but mm. it seems to be another slightly dubious front group where it's one person right. pretending they're a tribunal, which there's a surprising amount out in the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, websites are free. <laughs> in 2002, yeah, uh, Ron claimed several times in different talks and teachings that the Dalai Lama was going to retire and hand everything over to Ron. Ooh. Which is quite a big claim. Yeah. And it was like, this summer, this is going to happen. Oh, okay. And as we all know, it... It didn't. No, it didn't Obviously, happen. that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, someone at the time contacted the Dalai Lama's office, who again said, we have no idea who this person Great. is. Great. Lovely. So he's now left without any real connection to any of his, you know, sort of... Yeah. I sort of feel like... Maybe he did get a bit into Buddhism. Maybe he went, I could do that. Yeah. I'm important. That sounds easy. And then nobody... Again, like like Hubbard, right? With yeah. the psychologist. Yeah. Oh, I can do that. Oh, you will reject me? Yeah. Well, then I'm going to make it my own thing and ignore no, all of you. something and, else. Um, but yeah. But it is interesting. There are some interesting sort of snippets about the, the sort of high control of the people that are in that group. Yeah, man. There's clearly some shady stuff in his biography that... Needs yeah. a bit more investigation. Yeah, like you said, like it's it's those two runs. They've yeah. got some matching matching stuff there, haven't um, they? And he's definitely someone who now is like like Teal Swan and other people, just benefiting from the online thing. Yeah. Like, I would imagine he just gets lots of stuff through people ordering things online yeah. and watching his talks and things online. Whereas otherwise he mm. might well have not yeah, yeah not had any not have the money or resort you know, that compounding Mount Shasta is huge. Yeah, giant. And in, um, in California, which yeah. is a very densely populated state. And yeah. Yeah. Wow, um, cool. Yeah. And it seems from what I can tell that the, the place we um 
went to in Glastonbury, yeah. there's like a handful of monks there. I don't think it's a very big thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to know, last year he came and visited um, and did some talks. Yeah. I'd love to know how busy those are, actually. Yeah. Um, oh, we'll so have to keep an eye on We're out. maybe not done. Yeah. If he comes again, <laughs> like Jesus, we will go. There were some prices displayed for going to attend those talks, John. I don't know if you remember. I, I did look when... Um, when he was here, because oh, yeah? we were working, I think. I think yeah. there was a reason we couldn't go. And there was one free, there was a free public Ooh, talk with him. And then okay. there was like a like a pay 40 quid to Free is my favourite price. Then. Yeah, exactly. So if yeah. he comes back for free, we'll, we'll go again. But that is uh, wow, cool. everything I could find about this guy. But if, yeah. if people know more, or if you've had any more involvement with this group, please yeah. get in touch with us. We'd love to hear. So that's. I why. think we're probably due an updates episode, aren't we? Oh yeah, long, yeah. long due. There's some good Nexium stuff to talk yeah, about. Yeah, good, Great. good Nexium stuff. Well, you know what I mean. Kind of. You, yeah. Good for good for the podcast. Yeah. Not for any yeah. of the poor people um, involved and ensnared. So no. Let's hear the um, I'm sure lovely and harmless backstory of the other cult we visited the day after. Absolutely. And by coincidence that we visited them two days in a row, because in listening to what you're saying there, there are so many really close parallels Amazing. with with Kelsan Gyatso and, and this, this group. So we attended the Kadampa Buddhist Meditation Centre, which is from the, uh, the, the religious tradition that they call the New Kadampa Tradition International Kadampa Buddhist Union. Uh, is it called an acronym with the letters? The yeah. N-K-T-I-K-B-U. <laughs> that's the other t-shirt. Yeah, that's it. Uh, is it? Uh, so it currently lists more than 200 centres and around 900 classes or study groups spread over 40 countries wow, with an estimated 8,000 members. This comes from the group itself. This is what the group is uh, Okay, called. yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe not. The centres are independent charitable corporations, and the groups are branches of an established centre, which meet weekly in places like churches and community centres. So they go out into other bits of the community to run their classes, so that you don't just... Your first introduction isn't necessarily to go to the headquarters of their group. Ah, okay. okay. Um, so some Tibetan Buddhists describe it as a, as a breakaway Buddhist sect, and... Uh, one of Kelsan Gyatso's most popular books, Modern Buddhism, says, Today we can see many different forms of Buddhism, such as Zen and Theravada Buddhism. All of these are equally precious. They're just different presentations. So he says that this is just his presentation of Buddhism. Lovely. Sounds very reasonable. So uh, 20 years before um, Ron was born, Geshe Kelsan Gyatso was born in Tibet in 1931. And he also joined a monastery at a very young age. Oh. So as is traditional, was traditional there, he joined a monastery at age eight. Can you imagine being eight and living that kind of no. lifestyle? So even no. in like our equivalent, yeah. you disappeared off and become a nun at eight. No, I, my grandmother's sister was a nun. And so oh, I really? went to visit, yeah, I went to visit her at about eight and I was like, this looks shit, this looks so boring. Was it, yeah. was it really like paired... Paired back. I think I feel like I would be disappointed now that it's not like medieval yeah. monastic life. That's no, I mean, it wasn't. Feels a bit modern. It wasn't paired. It wasn't. It was, it was because it was kind of nearly thirty years ago. It was actually when there were still when there were still nuns that were active. Okay. Whereas now a lot of nuns or convents are kind of old people's homes. 
Uh, that's kind of where they're, uh, yeah, where they're moving there towards. Yeah, because there isn't so much and, of their yeah. intake. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So in 1959, the 14th Dalai Lama defects to India, so leaves Tibet and moves to West Bengal. And so he followed, not directly, but followed out of Tibet. So in India, teaching and studying meditation for 16 years, becoming well-respected in the, in the community that he was in. In 1976, he's invited to the UK to run um, the, and I'm very sorry for this pronunciation, Manjushri Institute okay. in Ulverston, Cumbria. And then in 1979, you know, he gets got lots of attendees for his, um, his, his courses, his classes. In 1979, and without the permission of his teacher, he founds his own Buddhist centre in York. Oh, um, wow, okay. So then inviting some of his students from the classes that he was doing in this actual Tibetan Buddhist place to join him in his own clinic, in his own centre in York. So There's something so interesting, isn't there, in the psychology of these guys who want to do entirely their own thing. Yeah. But they still really want to claim that lineage and connection. You can yeah. really feel that, like, oh, I want to... I want all the kudos, but I want the freedom. But I don't really want to do it myself. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. So he was then asked to resign from the Manjushi Institute. Oh shit! Okay, so that they was like, like properly a forbidden yeah, thing. Like you can't, you can't do that. Like yeah. then leave that one. If you're going to be teaching in that one, leave that one. And lots of the yeah, he was asked to resign, but loads of his students protested this, and so he was allowed to stay because these the students were going, no, this is the teacher that we want. We want to be taught by this guy. Wow. Yeah, okay, man. Already a little personality cult around him then. Yeah. So in um, uh, 1988, he goes for, and this is a sentence that's fun, he goes for a three-year uh, retreat in Dumfries. Do you know what? We yeah. were saying earlier how tired The spiritual <laughs> home of the UK. I quite like a three-year three retreat in Dumfries. I mean, at the moment, I take it. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. It just sounds kind of calming. <laughs> what do you reckon, dog? Do you want to come to Dumfries? No. Okay. No, just snoozing. Um, and so when he returns from that, he founds the Nukdabu, the, the new Kadampa <laughs> tradition. So they describe themselves as being an entirely independent Buddhist tradition with no political affiliations that's appropriate to the needs and conditions of the modern world. So effectively saying that it's representing Buddhism adapted for white people. And mm -hmm. then it's also trying to separate itself from the, the Tibetan sect and emphasize that the West in the NKT is now the now the spiritual home of Buddhism has got to be here okay. because this is the new tradition and this is where this was founded. Interesting. And, and I guess, yeah, trying to avoid any of the the entanglements with China, etc. Yeah, yeah. I have, okay, I have a quote from uh, one of Gelsang's books as, as the kind of goal for what their, their religion stands for. Quote, the nature of the mind, karma and reincarnation, the preciousness of human life, the role of meditation, death and the commitments of going for refuge, as well as understanding the Four Noble Truths, developing renunciation and the training of moral discipline, concentration and wisdom. Also, being a compassionate bodhisattva mm -hmm. by developing bodhicitta and the six perfections, mm -hmm. understanding the ultimate truth of emptiness and finally attaining Buddhahood. I mean, this is a billion percent more Buddhism than there is in the Buddha Maitreya's oh, work yeah. and teaching. Absolutely. Um, so when you um, when you join in the New Kadampa tradition, you decide you would like to be ordained, you'd like to become a, a, a nun or a monk in this tradition, you have to agree to ten vows. Abandon killing, 
abandoned. Oh, no, I'm out. Sorry, I Sorry. can't. I just... <laughs> it's just so Moorish. True, yeah. Well, wait until you hear the other nine. <laughs> okay. Uh, abandoned stealing. Yeah. Abandoned sexual activity. I put three little asterisks by that because of the content warning that I talked about uh, okay. earlier. Abandoned lying and cheating. Abandoned taking intoxicants. Practice contentment. It's okay, John, you're feeling bad. Just be content. Oh, there we go. Easy. That was okay. Reduce sure one's... do miss killing that. <laughs> well, reduce one's desire for worldly pleasures. <laughs> Abandon like engaging that. in meaningless activities. Maintain the commitments of refuge. And practice the three trainings of pure moral discipline, concentration, and wisdom. Mm, okay. So this group offer three different study programs. All of these are based in the literature of Kelsang Gyatso. Surprisingly. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? I remember when I um when I was first sort of interested in Buddhism. Yeah. I had two. I mean, vaguely Buddhist books. Yeah. One was the kind of thing that you get in the works if you know that bargain sure, bookshop. Yeah, yeah. So it was a little. Buddhism like, for dummies. Bas- yeah, yeah, basically. And the second one uh, had was a, had a blue cover with like a pink lotus on the front Very with the Buddha on it. Yeah. And it was a okay. Gyatso oh, no. book. Yeah, cool. And it ju- again, it just felt like it was a, a generic... Yeah. Because unless you see, see the second or the third book or the 22nd book, yeah. you don't... Why would yeah, you no, think it was anything that's else? That's all it is. Yeah, so... They have a, a teacher training program where you can learn to be the meditation teacher. And that track involves you reading 22 of the books and you commit to some specific lifestyle conditions okay. as well as performing these specific meditations. Oh, wow. So the guy who led our session will have been will have been doing all these things. All in the midst of reading those and, and uh, as we'll come to later, memorising those 22 books. Goodness. Yeah. Do we know how many, you might not know this, Sam, do we know how many books there is? There are total from... Um, no, I don't know, but the yeah, bookcase so, but that we saw was huge, was it? huge. It looked like kind of 40 or so. Yeah. I in my, in my research, I found a bit more information that kind of speaks to how we felt after our meditation. Oh, okay. Like very directly. So the NKT do not teach mindfulness of the body because they say the body is created by your mind. So where we were saying there was no like, relax, like let your shoulder blades oh, yeah, come yeah, down like the back, engage, blah, blah, blah. Physical engagement. Because it doesn't matter. Because uh, your body is just made up by your mind. Which makes it hard to put on clothes. <laughs> you can't put a jacket on a thought. Oh no, you've said that and all my clothes have fallen off. <laughs> oh, John. Only happy, taken 50 happy episodes. 50 episodes. <laughs> um, um, oh wow, that's really... But is that is that really unusual? I see, I don't know enough about full mm, Tibetan Buddhism to know how unusual that is. Um, I, don't, I don't know either. Mm. But then, like yoga is is connecting the body and the mind and the movement of both things isn't it and the breath and blah blah anyway interesting don't know so the the breathing at the start of the session is there in order to create a more suggestible state to focus on the doctrine so you how he told us to think about the things that are annoying and breathe out the black smoke and then immediately went into reading all these gyatso Ah, words out of the book like get them calm read them a bit of stuff yeah and then teaching people to focus on the emptiness of their body when they've come to this thing because they may not feel connected to their body in the first place and then filling them up with stuff will then like it's there to disassociate you from your from your body and your feelings i was going to say but that sounds quite dangerous doesn't it if you think about the kind of vulnerable people that might be looking for that kind of 
Uh-huh. Um, because I know, you know, I'm a big advocate of mindfulness as a, as a thing for people with various mental health issues. Yeah. But I know there are concerns that if mishandled, it can, yeah, it can put you in a really dissociative yeah. state if you're vulnerable. And this seems like the, almost like the nth degree of that, right? Yeah. Like that's as... Like that is how this this company works. Wow. Religion. Sorry, I bet. Mm. <laughs> um, I bet they're a registered trademark somewhere though, aren't they? Oh, I bet. Well, the the writer of this um this website, which was the it's at the bottom of my list. Uh, it's like the New Kadampa Tradition Report is what it's called. Okay. So it's it's by um some ex members as well as ex members of other cults mm-hmm. um like john atack from scientology oh, is yeah. part of this just to help rehabilitate people who are leaving it there are resources that you can find if wow, you are amazing. a person who is trying to leave this so the new kadampa tradition report very Great. good website and lots of these people are like doctors and things that are, that are contributing to it they liken it more to hypnosis than meditation and that's explicitly in like it's not in the in the text, but, but that's what is... they're saying about how it works and what the process yeah. of it is. Wow. Yeah, okay. exactly. So, but it's not only for the student; it's there for the teacher as well, because the teacher is 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 reciting this work that they've been told to recite. They've got to be in this calm place, and there's also so because the teachers are having to memorize this literature. It's a it's like a recitation each time rather than a a thoughtful thing. The the trance like way that he spoke is mm-hmm. taught in their teacher training okay. to use that pausing to lull you into a sense of yeah. emptiness. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because I like yeah. like a calming voice that's leading you through. Yeah. is seems okay to me. But there's something about particularly the structure and gaps. Yeah. I think that's why I found it so hard to hold on to what he was saying. Yep. Because I would get sort of lost in those pauses. That's but that's the point. As opposed to calm meditation voice, like yeah, you know, there are lots of you know great but then people. If you were just like a spiritual calm. seeker going there, right? You would go, "Wow, that was so calming." That's just rather than going, "Yeah, my brain no, felt shit. different." Oh, <laughs> yeah. interesting. Yeah. So when you become a a monk or a nun in the NKT, you abandon the physical signs of a layperson by shaving your head and wearing the maroon and yellow robes of an ordained person. Oh, okay. So the guy who taught us was sort of in between. Yeah, then. he was not yet a... Not, not yet a monk. <laughs> More than a teacher. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So he's on his way there. Okay. And they're given a new name, which starts with Kelsang, um, and it's traditional for ordinees to receive the part of the ordaining master's name. So up until... 2022 for reasons i'll explain later okay. this was kelsang yatso so you get okay. part of that name um, um, as you were okay. ordained so um, it's a removal of your own individual identity for anyone playing along with a cult indicator ding, 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 ding. um so they they engage in a ceremony called sojong twice a month and that's to purify them and then to restore their vows Monastics who leave their ordin- who break their ordination vows must leave their centre for a year, with the exception of attending bigger courses, so they're expected to be there at the big festivals and the celebrations. And then after that year, they can return, but then they have to work their way back to teach again. Oh, okay. All right. So if they break their vows. Yeah. Star, 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 star. Mm. There's some stars. <laughs> oh, no. So as, as Gyatso got older, he started to designate successors for him. So who was going to be the next the next Geshe-la, the next teacher that everyone was following. But 
he appointed this guy Thubten Gyatso, mm-hmm. who then immediately started to sexually abuse people. And so then Kelsang came back and was like, "Cool, nah, not you. Whoop. Let's oh, move okay. you back out the sure. way. I okay. won't retire. Don't worry about it. Like, forget about that bit." Wow. Okay. Yeah. But he said that you know, say that was a, that was a failed attempt, right? But he won't accrue any bad karma because those those women that that felt like they might have been abused by him. Here's where the content warning for Ick is, listeners. Great. Should count themselves lucky that having ugh, having received his blessed white drops, they would get to enlightenment more quickly. No. Ick. Uh, that is, on many levels, disgusting. Yep. So, Tibetan Buddhists are like, nah. And have come out more recently to say, you know, he like, you know, he trained to be a monk, but he didn't finish his training. So oh, he really? never actually graduated from his place. He was just moved to the UK to continue training to and then just teacher. became, a, just decided he was already done. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. So the main like. So Tibetan Buddhists are like, cool, nah, this is anti-Dalai Lama. This isn't Buddhism the way that any any Tibetan would consider it being Buddhist. They think they say it's Disney Dharma, it's made for white people, it's not spiritually significant. The the root of their practice is to memorize the books to be able to parrot exactly what Gyatso said yeah. in the exact same tone. So if we were to go to another entry to meditation class, it's likely we would have exactly the same, same thing. Same experience, yeah. Um, and but if you start practicing and then you then you abandon your commitment, your bad karma from from stopping going, which we might now undergo as well, John, we will result in um, countless aeons in hell. Oh shit! I wish I'd known that. Yeah, I like to count my aeons. <laughs> It just yeah, it's like, do we want three years in Dumfries yeah, or okay. Aeons? In hell? <laughs> I'll take Dumfries absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You should get Iron Brew. You're welcome. If there's any yeah. any listeners in Dumfries that want to put us up, we're ready. <laughs> sure. What are we gonna do? Just go and drink Iron Brew. <laughs> Have a neap and a tatty. Oh, yeah, that sounds home. great. Yeah, lovely. So part of the problem that that Tibetan Buddhists have with this group, other than all of the various bullshit is that there are more photos, there are more mentions, there are more images of Kelsang Gyatso than there are of Buddha. Wow. Like, that cabinet was full of pictures of him. And in more, in bigger places than, yeah. than Buddha, there was that giant statue, wasn't there? And then he was right above it. Like, the yeah. And then this is what will they say will tip it into, into cult worship. It is more about this leader. It's more about what they said than what about the, the teachings of the Buddha yeah. said. And also, yeah, and it's also, he sort of presents himself, doesn't he, as being like, I'm the only one who's really got pure Buddhist teachings now. Absolutely. Everything else is corrupted. Yeah, that's my understanding of of, of a lot of how it's represented now, that it's the last refuge of of pure Buddhism. And and the members, people that live in the centres, they're banned from watching TV, no TV, and they're also not allowed to read any other books on Buddhism. Only his books, because that is the only place that the truth yeah. can come from. I really, the whole time we were there, I had a 
Buddhist book by uh, somebody else in my bag that yeah. I was going to have try and have a, that try I would have taken out at some point yeah. just to see if there was a reaction before we had to flee because I knew someone there. <laughs> just all the people that are in the NKT just like disappear like spiders when you switch on a light in a room. Whoosh, yeah. Right away. So pre-September of last year, when when people were joining into this group and going, oh my, like, I want to meet this teacher, like, this is amazing, I'm really enjoying myself, who is this guy? They would say, oh no, he can't come to visit because he will be assassinated. So building up this, like, they're against yeah, us yeah. sort of thing. Um, as part of their training, they agree to take a bullet for Gyatso if they need to. And Wow. Yep, exactly. So fully willing to just give their give their lives. Last September, September of the year of our Lord 2022, Kelsang dies. Forgot to write down what he died from, but he was super old, so... Yeah. Dies from old, I guess. But they talk about his his death as being spiritually insignificant because they've already got all of his teachings. Mm. So we've already got everything amazing he can say. So we just keep following that. I have a quote. Followers of Kelsan Gyatso are known to start sentences with Geshla says, due to memorization of his text, they're known to repeat just stock phrases. They practice thought stopping, allowing only positive thoughts and discourage critical thinking. Maybe that's what that guy was doing in the meditation. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking something. No, stop. Let me get back on the route of what, what Geshe says. Oh, that's says. really interesting. Because it, no, it, it was any time he was sort of extrapolating yeah. from what he was reading. Yeah, yeah. No, stop. Go back to the literature. Let me repeat what that says. Sam, that's really interesting because I'd be willing to bet that's exactly what was going on. Exactly. Ex-members wow. believe that aside from the brief breathing meditation at the beginning of classes, practice, practitioners are actually practicing guided self-hypnosis. Mm. Uh, well, yeah, which I would agree, right? Dependency and obedience is certainly encouraged, so not diluting his teachings with other other Buddhist books, yeah. and don't like don't click on things that are critical. But do stand up for the group where you can. Mm -hmm. So if you see criticism, you should not read it, but you should argue against it. Um, and the uh, like, directors of these centres restrict your your entertainment time and make it all about like how you can be contributing to learning more about what these books say. <sighs> see, that's the thing. You know, you try and give people the benefit of the doubt, right? But yeah. The people that are high up enough to enforce those rules. Mm -hmm must know what all of that criticism is yeah. and and must know the extent to which they're not being entirely uh -huh. honest about yeah. the group and the bet right like there's there's got to be some element of knowing whether yeah. they're true believers and think that's all just you know mm -hmm. justified because of that it's yeah again it just suggests that if you're at any kind of management level in that organization you must you must know and you must know your you're yeah. holding that from people yeah. lower down. Absolutely. And people um, who have attended these centres report judgment and criticism for engaging in worldly activities, such as visiting a boom battle bar, I guess, <laughs> and not dedicating enough of their time, money or energy to the tradition and the centre. Mm, okay. So the it's the like outer circle inner circle thing so like you and i we could go to that and go cool we just went and did a meditation in big air quotes but current members are told that ex-members are mentally ill they're obsessed 
they're unjustifiably angry, their karma is bad, they cannot be trusted. Mm. Sounds a bit Scientology. And ex-members who post online that they have left are then abused by senior NKT members who use fake names. Um, The writer of this uh, NKT report website had a doctor write about how um, psychologically disturbed this person is. Not a real doctor. Like, inside the group, there is a lot of abuse. There is spiritual abuse, financial abuse, sexual abuse. All this abuse, the the infliction of it, is that a word? Mm -hmm. Probably. Is explained as, it's, it's your bad karma that's caused that to happen. Okay, yeah. And it's, your, yeah, your karma drew their bad behaviour. So it's because you're bad that they committed a, a wow. sin, or whatever they would call that. Yeah. So there is an expectation that anyone that goes there speaks about Gyatso with a sense of awe, and, and like, the, he's the enlightened being, which you fully got from, from little Weasley meditation boy, like, my teacher this guy yeah because i because i would put money that they've never met as well right but he spoke about him in such a personal yeah yeah way that i wasn't actually sure who he was talking about until i realized he was talking about gatsu yeah yeah exactly they're all yeah they've been taught directly by him because that's the words that's the words they say and it's such there is like a there's an interesting like divide there isn't there because you can have someone whose work you admire who is a you know you can yeah. You can have, there is a point up into which that is like a, a natural is a, maybe not the right word for it, right? But can be a, a traditional And then there's that moment where it just tips over into that real yeah. cult of personality mm-hmm. stuff in a way that's yeah, yeah. really interesting. Well, uh, it is a, a Buddhist teaching that you shouldn't take anything as truth without investigating it and learning that truth and discovering that truth for yourself. However, the NKT says it must be true because Geshla says so. So brings it more close to something like like Bible-believing Christians yeah, yeah. or something like that, to... doesn't it? And if you are an attendee of these classes and you, you question, it's an indication that you need to become more faithful and your karma needs to become more virtuous because there's something wrong with you. There is a whole theme about confessing your past wrongs and removing impure thoughts from your mind, like black smoke mm-hmm. disappearing, to just like convince you that it's only them that can put joy or purity into your mind. And, and also it means like uh, Scientology, right? They know all your... Oh yeah, 100%. shit. Yep. And like Scientology, what a great segue, because that's how my next uh, paragraph begins. They set up websites to defame people who leave and criticise the group. So all the way down to who is blah, blah, blah. They set up all that sort of stuff. So they same techniques. Yeah. I think we should give Kelsey, Kelsan Gyatso the nickname of Ron. <laughs> this Ron. Kelsey, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Again, a lot of... And again, that's the thing. Again, it's that I don't really know I'm, how meaningful what I'm saying is now, but it's that knowing sneakiness. Yeah. Because I think. Yeah, but I John, remember, what is meaningful? Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but I remember reading a long time ago when they were, they did organise lots of Dalai Lama protests. Yeah. But they they sometimes would do it as the Kadampa tradition, but quite often they'd be like another organization or they'd be um, like, oh, we're just a generic group of monks yeah. who don't like him when it was actually all just, just funny. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And their members were sort of made to go out and paid to go out and yeah. um, and protest. Gross. 
when you so say you've been going to these meditation classes and like that guy that we spoke to who was wearing flip-flops you decide you would like to live in in one of these places you do sign a a form about sexual misconduct to say that you are not going to abuse anyone that you live with in this in this institute which is nice except that there aren't any rules in the group around teachers having relationships with students so the the monks swear abstinence the teachers don't and you don't have to be a monk in this group to be a teacher there are steps between but you do have a certain level of you know even for us like i assumed that guy had a certain level of like power and status in the yeah yeah like why him and not the other people would he be doing this so and they don't ask for any background checks on their teachers that are resident in these facilities or so there are teachers in the NKT with histories of criminal and sexual offences that are then put in these positions of power. Yeah, in a residence without... Yeah. In a residence with vulnerable... Where you're not supposed to go outside very much or talk to other people. People yeah. being brainwashed people. It is. Yeah. I mean, again, it feels like some of the Jehovah's Witness stuff we talked about, right, where it's not necess- it's not deliberate necessarily, yeah. but they are inadvertently creating a perfect breeding ground for... Abuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have two more sections of my notes. Section number one is called financial abuse. Great. Yay. Ending this episode on abuse themes. So uh, members were expected to lend items or money to the NKT. So maybe for the um, for the offering to the Buddha that was in front on the mm-hmm. on the glass, or just money to help with the facility and and everything like that. And they would loan it have memories of it being alone them saying oh yeah we'll pay you back when blah 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 and then be insanely gaslit and said like no you gave that to us it was never alone and so people would give a thousand pounds and then they go well, well you okay. just gave it to us there an ex-member peter graham driver said when the nkt offered me the opportunity to become ordained i was so overwhelmed with gratitude that i was never able to refuse it had almost become a situation where my dreams had come true And this is where the real abuse started. It was customary to give interest-free loans, pay for building renovation, cars, statues, and even the resident teacher to attend festivals and empowerments in foreign countries. I recall paying so that someone could go to Germany for highest yoga tantra empowerment, and also being told that I may not achieve enlightenment for aeons, as doing so left me unable unable to afford to go myself. Wow. So paid for a thing, then couldn't afford for himself to do a thing because he paid for someone else to do it. The quote continues, sadly, the more I gave, the more it never seemed to be enough. There was always a need for something. I was never allowed to give up my job, which was not an issue as I loved helping others and work full time in an alcohol and drug treatment service. As I was the only person who brought money into the centre that was not based on fraudulent benefit claims by the other ordained staff there. Oh. Uh, so bad. So... Other members, ex-members, of course, um, report the implicit culture of benefit fiddling. So all of them saying, like, all of us were on job seekers allowance and any other benefits that we were even vaguely eligible for. Oh, yeah. To... And I guess that makes sense if you are resident in that place, yeah. right? How do they sustain you or what, yeah. what income is there for people? Because I was wondering that if you whether you pay rent if you stay there or how it works. Or yeah. If it's... So I get the vibe that you don't pay rent, but you do you pay towards the yeah yeah 
members aren't offered any any discounts for teachings or or festivals so if you and I wanted to go to one of these festivals we would pay the same as a member who'd already donated their entire life savings to this group and uh, often members will use crowdfunding campaigns on social media in order for them to go and attend this thing. Oh wow, it's really like Scientology then, isn't it, in terms of how it hooks you in? Absolutely massively. Financially. Yeah, and um, there are loads and loads of videos and, and articles online that members have written talking about their abuse and talking about their escape and their recovery from it. And there are pages and pages of the NKT going, must be your fault. Nothing like that's ever happened to me. I've been in with them for years. They are so active online that it's hard for someone to say anything critical about this group without having streams and streams of yeah, other members yeah. going, you're wrong, it's your fault, you did this. And the other point that, that the writer on this website makes is there is no pension, there is no financial security when you are just paying into a cult. And then that makes you that makes you stay. Yeah, yeah, because what else do you do when you yeah, you've got nothing to secure you outside? I am now going to talk a little bit about sexual abuse. This is not graphic. Okay. It's just pretty rank, to be honest. So you remember talking about those monk and nun commandments mm-hmm. and saying like, hey, if you break this, you've got to go away and redo your vows and everything. So the bit about the lack of sexual activity, there was one one member online that was talking about how he was just so sexually frustrated that he masturbated. Understand? Oh, um, outrageous. Yeah. How dare someone do something very natural and regular. Yeah. And so he went to, to another monk and he was like, mate like I just did that and now I've got to like I've got to go now haven't I and the other monk was like nah we all do it you can do it once a year just do your vows again next time someone else is doing their vows so just waiting for someone else's ordaining ceremony when it had all set up and then there's matey in the background going I'm saying these vows as well because I'm saying it in the same room me too ditto what he just said now I'm a monk again yeah god when nuns or other attendees to this this group report any sexual abuse by the monks or the teachers to higher ups in the group, so going to the monks teacher or whoever else, the NKT will very quickly go. We don't get involved in interpersonal relationships. We don't get involved in what's happening between you and your your teacher. It's okay, but it's, and they they're also told that perhaps their practice into Buddhism is to endure suffering. Mm. So maybe that's just the journey that you have to go on. Is this is this suffering? And if if they still continue to say like no, this isn't right, they're accused of then not being a true believer, undermining everything else. God, it's so insidious. Like in many cults, the the beliefs of the root of the religion are the bits that are used to allow the abuse. Mm. So in yoga, there is tantra, which involves sex and and uh, it's a sexual spiritual contact between people so a quote from the nkt in action tantra the meditator generates bliss by looking at a visualized goddess and then transforms that bliss into the path in performance tantra the meditator generates bliss by exchanging smiles with the goddess and in yoga tantra holding hands with her and so forth in highest yoga tantra which is what they're that class that he had to pay for someone to go to the meditator generates bliss by imagining a sexual embrace with a consort and at advanced stages by engaging in an actual embrace and then transforms that bliss into the spiritual path it should be noted however that it's very difficult to use great bliss as a method for attaining enlightenment and if we are able to do so we have attained a formidable accomplishment as the great mahasiddha saraha said 
everyone is excited by copulation, but very few can transform that bliss into the spiritual path. So the teachers and the monks have a sexual lineage. So like it's oh, it's, it's their turn to do tantra with them, and it's they get to do tantra with them in that case, and uh, they have helped espouse the idea that a sex tantric sex with a teacher is more tantric than tantric sex with a partner without any power or control over you. Oh god, yeah, again that's so it's just some more so potentially grim. I it also I also enjoy I enjoy is the wrong word. It also sounds like there's a level where masturbation is forbidden unless it's like a spiritual wank. (laughs) 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 Unless you're jerking off to a goddess. (laughs) And then it's fine which seems like a great get out cause as well, right? Yeah, it more sounds like it's against pornography than it is against actual wanking. So it says imagined goddess, doesn't it? Yeah. So maybe if you just imagine your porn then it's fine. But if you actually look at it, no, no, no. Very strange. Very strange. So um, most members leave by just stopping attending. Most members are not in that inner circle where all this stuff happens. And members who've been in for a couple of years talk about how, like, I I just stopped going and then I reached out to some friends in the the group to say, like, so I'm not going to come anymore, but, like, let's go for coffee or something. And they just get, like, blocked. So complete outgroup. As soon as you leave, you're done. And so most people have their regular lives going on, but a lot of people don't. And so end up, again, like we see with a lot of groups, having to reach out to family that they've shunned, having to reach out to other people that they know that have left. And they this basically, this group sell themselves as the fastest way to be spiritually enlightened. And actually... It's it's mundane, it's brainwashy, and it's and it's destructive. Yeah. Um. There are hundreds and hundreds of of YouTube videos and Facebook posts from ex members who are offering help and validation and guidance to people who want to leave or are in the process of leaving the NKT. So if that includes you, then please just have a little look online. You will find so many people that have built a much nicer community than you yeah. have all left. I think that's what's extraordinary, right? And one of the the extent that I do know things about it, I have just seen how many like survivors groups there are. Yeah, like man. the numbers of people who have had a terrible time. Yeah. To whatever degree in that organisation is well, with, seems to be huge. With nine hundred classes in two hundred centres, like that's that can reach a lot of people. Yeah. So that's it. Wow. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels so insidious and insidious in that. So my friend. Uh, ben, hi Ben. I don't know if you listen. Hi Ben. Is a Buddhist and a, a you know a committed one and goes on and does things, but yeah, has a very like visceral reaction to any mention of oh, them. Yeah. Um, yeah, because of all the allegations against them, and also particularly yeah. because of their their weird Dalai Lama feud. Right, the part of the part of the split is that they want to uh, continue to worship whatever demon. God, Buddha figure. I can't yeah. think what they're called now. And sort of the rest of the tradition around them had gone, no, I don't mm. think so. Yeah. And the Dalai Lama had gone, I just don't think this is a very helpful uh, mm-hmm. thing. And I think if you're going to present yourself as a mainstream Buddhist organization, then you need to be upfront that your split with someone else is about possibly worshipping a Buddhist demon deity. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. That feels really important, right? Like, if you think all the organisations we know where they've split, you should be clear about the reason that you've split. Yes. And 
and and instead there's this sort of you know they play it as like a persecution complex about uh-huh. he's not letting the Dalai we hate the Dalai Lama because he's he's discriminating against our beliefs yeah okay well what are those beliefs do you want to yeah do you just, just ooh, unpack that for us what is the what is that real difference yeah. and that is kind of mm-hmm. I think yeah the impression I get from Ben and a few other people I've spoken to is that they're just seen as uh, yeah, yeah like eccentric splitters with a lot of allegations around them who who lie about being mainstream Buddhist. Yep. Yeah. Um, and especially if he, I didn't realise that, that he, yeah, he'd been sort of kicked out and yeah, yeah hadn't yeah. completed training and studies. He was, he was fired from his, his job teaching. Yeah. And so they went, nah. And, but he carried on. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible, isn't it? Yeah. I do. Yeah. I, I wonder how much I should bring this up with the person that I know that was at that group. Just ask them if they listen to the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Mm. Wow. So, um, well, hi, friend. If you did come and listen, yeah, I hope you're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are, there are other. There are loads of Buddhist groups around. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. You don't. Buddhism need for everybody. That's our. That's that's how we're gonna. That's the <laughs> note we're starting to end on. On the t-shirt, that's the bit um, along like the butt. There area. we go. We finally yeah. reached the butt area. At the end of part three <laughs> of, of 50 episodes. 50 episodes! Um, thank you, Sam. Thank you, John. Yeah. Thank you, listeners. Thank you. Um, and it's been really, not nice isn't quite the right word, but I quite like the way around that we've done this. Because yeah. to find the connection between our weird experience in both groups yeah. and how that relates to to the inherent sort of weirdness and dangers of the groups in yeah. doing the research afterwards is really The bit about the, the thought-stopping and the the trance-like speaking, I was like, whoa, fucking hell, that was just that. That was that. Yeah, and, and, in, and in like the most entry-level yeah. way that you connect with that with that group. And yeah. I think that, that impression that we had at, at the Buddha Maitreya Centre as well, which is like, oh, you don't really want to buy anything? then we're not really in, mm-hmm. like, that was the vibe, right? Yeah. That all of this is basically whatever claims you can make mm-hmm. in order to sell crystals. Selling your rectangles, yeah. You know, he's he's still basically a crystal salesman. Mm-hmm. He's just built this whole marketing campaign around it that yeah. is his weird made-up personality. Yeah. And I think, yeah, the seeds of that were absolutely in what we what we encountered near the ball set. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. Um, so um, if you have enjoyed this episode um, if you know anything more about these groups please do let us know please do get in touch as Sam said you can do that on any of our social medias Coffee and Cults mm-hmm. you can email us coffeeandcults at gmail.com uh, and you can support this episode financially on Coffee or Patreon yes. um, we will do a little episode of uh, the music of the Buddha Maitreya oh, yeah. uh, that will be on Patreon um, expect that it's very thrilling <laughs> we, uh, yeah we've recently added the music of uh, uh of david koresh so yeah. there's lots of fun stuff on there and we're about to embark sam on our next 50 we've slightly cheated mm. by making this three episodes yeah. but the next episode will be 51 we'll be into our next uh-huh. uh our next 50 episodes and uh do you want a little a little sneaky sneaky peek of what the next one's going to be about yeah a should little... we do let's do should we do a little sneaky peek of maybe both Ooh both upcoming episodes uh it's going to be and i don't think we have done one yet a cult that is an offshoot from sikhism Ooh, Ooh. okay with a combination 
are baffling as it is, of yoga. Amazing. Two different religions. All Yay. together. Well, that's very good. And yeah. then after that, Sam, I am dying to tell you yeah. um, about what might happen if the uh, band leader in your school starts a cult. <laughs> And like a marching band, uh, like a mu- like, a- like a music <laughs> peripatetic oh, teacher. Very exciting. Um, right. So it's more of the same coming up in the Lovely. next fifty episodes. Um, I was telling Sam listeners that I have discovered that there is another local cult that we yes. can go and visit. That is, yeah, near that- footsteps from our homes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be coy about how close yeah. it is to our uh, physical addresses, but yeah, it's super near. Yeah. Um, so we have some other visits uh, possibly in the bag as well. Thank you so much, listeners, for listening to us for 50 episodes. Some of you have listened from the start. Some of you have started listening recently. And bless you, have told us that you've listened to that entire back catalogue in this time. Yeah, amazing. That blows our mind every single time. Um, We are very grateful that any of you care (laughs) or are interested uh, in our little field trips and our little bits of research. So thank you. We're very excited to do the next 50, if not more. All of which is a way of me saying, we we love love you. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the cosmic being. I found out that I was actually getting a two inch by two inch brand with a color as a man. We no longer under the law of Moses. The world that eat himself with violence and the violence shall take it by force. Coffee. And cults. <sighs> do, 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 do.